0: today, I feel like it's important for us as a community to digest a little bit what happened at camp. I think it's important that we digest. Um, and if you weren't at camp, don't be like, oh my gosh, then I'm wasting my time by being here. I promise the Lord will have something for you. Um, and, and if you're part of this church family, we're all going in the same direction. So it all applies to you, whether you are there or not. Um, hallelujah. And, you know, you can attend conferences and camps and these things. And if you're not diligent to go home and let what, you, what God deposited in you change your life, if you don't let it make if you don't make it look like something, then you're wasting your time. You know, you can you can fly overseas and go to Bethel or you can do a prophetic school in Brisbane or you can, you know, God is always faithful. He will always show up. Right? Because when you seek God, you'll find him when you seek him with all your heart. And when you put side a time when you put time aside to seek him, right? He's going to meet you and he's going to give you things and he's going to teach you things because he's faithful, right? But then the hard work starts when you go home (laughs) because then we need to unwrap what he gives us and ask questions and be like, okay, how does this apply to my life and how do I function now if this is true? Does that make sense? So we don't want to waste a weekend like camp or a conference or even a podcast that you listen to during the week or a Sunday message. That's right. Let's, let's not just let these things um, pass us by and not actually allow it to change our lives and look like something. It's really important because otherwise we just become spiritual consumers. You can be consumed, consume, consumed, consume, and still look the same 10 years later because you've done nothing with what you've learned. It's really important. So, we just want to chew on it a little bit if that's okay today. All right. Before I start on that, I do want to make mention that I'm aware that some of you may have found Pastor James's style of ministry and method of delivery that might have been confronting for some people. And you might have even found it uncomfortable. So I'm just going to say it, okay? And if if that's you, like, I don't want you to um, feel bad for, like, is there something wrong with me because I feel this way? And and I also, um, as a church family, we want to talk about these things. We don't want to be a church family that doesn't talk about uncomfortable topics or um, we don't want to be people that can't have you know questions thrown at us because that's not healthy it's not a healthy family so i've been really encouraged to hear that people have been in church groups this week and there's been questions and and just things thrown around i think that's really healthy can i say well done well done everyone who's who's like had things to process and thank you for processing it in a healthy way um i did just want to make um mention though that Pastor James is highly prophetic, right? Highly prophetic. And it's important to realise that the Lord gives the church gifts, right? The fivefold graces, why? For equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Tom Grace and I were talking about that yesterday. Um, and Tom was just like, oh yeah, what, a, what is there? He was remembering the hands, right? We have the apostle, Okay, and what's the, the reason? This all comes from Ephesians 4. Um, the apostle forges the way. They're the sent ones. They, they forge and they build, right? And they touch all the other ones. Okay, apostles are important. Then we have the prophet points. This is what the Lord's saying, this is what the Lord's doing. Okay, and true fivefold prophets will equip the saints to hear God's voice. They'll burn. They'll be like, you can hear God too. This is what God's saying. This is how you hear God. Okay, and Pastor James was doing a bit of that. He was like, you can see in the spirit. Here's what you do if you see an object over someone's head. (laughs) Like, take it, grab it and give it to them, you know. Um, Then we have the, what, evangelist. Okay, it's the furthest reaching finger because what, what are they doing? The lost, the lost. We need to get the lost. Okay, so it just burns in them. Sometimes it can be like a dripping tap, but it's like the lost. Don't forget the lost. It's so important. Okay, the fourth one, shepherds, teachers. Uh, sorry, shepherds, pastors, ring finger, right? Cultivate family, care for hearts really important in a church community. Tom and Grace are amazing pastoral-hearted people, right? We have many awesome pastors. Dave and Chris, you are so awesome pastorally. Um, Nadine has a beautiful pastor's heart. Wayne and Sharon, like, (laughs) oh my gosh, we've got a church full of pastors. Amazing, right? And then the fifth one is the teacher. Brings balance, brings clarity right? Every week, most weeks, you hear from me. My primary gifting is teaching. That's why you like, this is what the Lord's saying. This is the scripture. This is what we're applying from the scripture. Now we go and do it, right? Hopefully with a bow on top. That's how I'm wired, right? I enjoy a nice, neat message and an application so we can all go and do it. I enjoy equipping others on how to teach. I enjoy writing curriculum. Okay, that's The way I'm wired, and it's what the Lord's given me. So it's natural. I would think it's natural if you sit under that, then to have come a highly prophetic person who doesn't have all his points in a row, and he's talking about this, and then he's over here, and then he's like, boom, you, and he's like screaming or whatever. Like it's different, okay? But it doesn't scare me that it's different because I recognize that in order to have well-rounded saints. We need all five grace gifts to be operating, okay? And that's why we'll fly people in who are not like me. It's really important. And, and I, by the grace of God, I'm still growing as a teacher and I'm growing in a, as an apostle, right? And I'm learning. Thank you for being patient with me while I learn. I appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted you to be aware of that. and And as... Christians, we need to learn to take take the, the meat and spit out any bones and, and just be mature enough to be like, not every person is going to have it 100% right all the time. And let's judge everything, hold it up against the word of God. And anything that doesn't fit, it's like, don't freak out. We're just going to spit it out and leave it. Or right now, this is hard for me to digest. I'm just going to put it on the shelf. But God, what do you want to say to me? If I'm ever in a um, situation where I feel uncomfortable with how someone's ministering or whatever, I'm just in communion with the Lord. And I'm like, God, something like, this is not my preference. What's going on right now? But can you talk to me and show me what what you're saying to me right now? OK, so can we just learn that I'm just encouraging you to learn to do that? Because there will be times when there's just people doing things, and you're like, "Oh, I've never seen that. I've never seen it like that before." Um, and it's important that we just learn to process that and talk about it and um, take the meat and spit out the bones. Does that make sense? Amen. OK. And if you have questions, talk to me, please. Talk to your church group leaders. Let's talk about it. Um, and when all else fails, you come back, Christ in him crucified, <laughs> right? When it's all getting too confusing, um, do a Paul and be like, I aim to know nothing but Christ in him crucified, right? Praise God. Now, in a setting like camp, multiple things will be happening all at the same time, Okay? There'll be uh, relationships being deepened or relationships formed because we're hanging out and we're eating together and we're asking questions and we've just got more time to hang out together. But also, the Lord will be teaching you things personally that will be different to what He's teaching Sarah or Carla or anyone, right? Because we're all at different parts, all at different parts of our journey with God. Okay, we've all had different weeks leading into camp. We've all got different issues that we're sorting out. And so the Lord's going to have personal things to say to each of you that might be very different to what he said to me personally. Does that make sense? It's your responsibility to unpack what the Lord said to you. And if you're like, oh, I don't know what the Lord said to me, ask him. It might have been a scripture, it might have been a tool that you're like, oh, wow, that's a tool that I could engage with. It might have been uh, worship time where you're just like lost in his presence and, you, and, and, you know, he teaches you something. It might have been your, your gift from the Lord might have been a conversation that you had over mixing up some sticky date pudding. Like, I don't know what it was for you, but I encourage you, take that. Unwrap the gift, whatever it was, and, and suck the most out of it that you can. Uh, uh, before camp, I um, was praying, a lot of time praying into camp, and I saw a vision of gifts, beautifully wrapped gifts, just dropped in front of every person that was at camp. Um, and I, so I prayed, and I'm like, thank you, Lord. You have a gift that's personal to each person. So I encourage you, unwrap the gift Spend time asking the Lord, journal it, like spend time. It's going to take me a week or so to just properly unpack the gift that the Lord gave me personally. Does that make sense? Um, today, though, I want to touch on what the Lord was speaking to us collectively as a church. We're all individuals on a journey growing up with God growing up into the image of Jesus, but collectively we're called to be the body of Christ. Amen? And we're called to be a family that functions together to impact our city with the gospel. Amen? So it's important to ask ourselves, what was the Lord saying to our church community? Because I feel like sometimes... There's so many sessions and you can sort of be riding the wave. And it's like, as a collective, what's the Lord saying? I'm going to help with that, if that's okay. Do you hear the sound of my lost children in Darwin? Do you hear the sound of the broken people of Darwin? Do you hear the sound of the afraid ones of Darwin? Because I hear the sound and I want my Darwin bride. All I have for you, I want for them. All I give to you, I give to them. Will you carry the love for the lost to every street, every house, every suburb in Darwin? I want my Darwin bride. I feel like in a nutshell, the Lord's like the lost. He's like taking our our gaze and our focus and he's like, don't forget the lost. And it's, by the way, it's actually time for you to go get them. There's actually a grace. I'm going to give you a grace to reach the lost people in Darwin. We're going to go to Luke 15, and we're going to read the whole chapter. So, if you've got your Bible, I encourage you to open it up. Yeah, we've got it on the screen too, for those that don't. All right. These are stories that Jesus told, parables, and you're probably very, very familiar with them. But I want you to... Allow, <laughs> allow them to hit your heart afresh and pick up the heart of God for the lost. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Let's make sure we're not the grumbling Pharisees, hey? So he told them, this parable, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go to the one, go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbours saying to them, rejoice with me, For I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Wow. I think sometimes in church culture, it's so easy to be focused on like us, on us being a healthy family, on us gathering, on us like, I don't know, going to conference to conference or doing course after course after course. And, and it's really easy to get sucked into, and it's good that we have healthy family. It's good that we have healthy community. Heaven forbid we don't because then we invite the lost into something that's broken and gross, right? Right? if we're forever doing that, God is just like, I'm going to leave you guys because I'm concerned with the ones that are lost. I'm concerned with the ones that are going to hell tonight because they don't know me. And so there's going to come a point where he's like, I'm going to be with you more out there than when you're in here. Oh, do you feel him? Ha! <laughs> It, it just, that's how it's going to be. There's a shift. Remember the word? Shift. Oh, your little teacher's a little bit prophetic too. There's a shift, right? What is it? There's a shift from focusing on cultivating healthy community and healthy family. This is great. And we're not going to forsake this, but there's a shift. To the focus, it needs to be outward. It needs to be on the lost, and the Lord is going to meet us as we go. Right? Hallelujah. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, uh, does not light a lamp, and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbours, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Hallelujah. And he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, Give me, "'Give me the share of property that is coming to me.' And he divided his property among them. Not many days later, the youngest son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need.' But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. And ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Ah, It's so (laughs) countercultural. Gets me every time. Cause I would be like, "Man, you let me down. You made the wrong choice. That's that's what we want to do." But but the heart of God is. Bring quickly the best robe and put on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring the fat calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate for this. My son, he was dead and he's alive again. He was lost, and he's found, and they, and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked him what these things meant, and he said to him, But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. You're in that boat. The father's saying to you, all that is mine is yours. You have... All things pertaining to life and godliness. You are one spirit with the Lord. (laughs) Far out. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Hmm. So powerful, hey. So quickly we forget. The joy of God when one person, just one, turns to him. The message from God to our church is don't forget the lost. Don't forget the lost. Carry my heart for the lost. As you arise and step out towards the lost, the Lord will back you up with power. Tom read it this morning earlier, not this morning. I'm sure he was reading it this morning because he's a man of God. But it's like he just read it. I will give you my spirit. I will endow you with power. Why? To be my witnesses to all the earth. The purpose of the power is to win souls and show people God's real it's not just to have a fun old time in here. And it's awesome when the presence of God comes and there's power and people get healed. Guess what? More people are going to get healed on the streets than will in church. It's just how it is. You go out, men. You go out and do the... Um, did you guys go today? Did Grace go? Grace and David went went this morning to um, out to Palmerston where they're doing... Just mission with Paula and Anthony Gates with the meeting place. Man, every time I go, it is easy to see miracles. Why? Because you're dealing with the lost and they need miracles. Man, they need their, their bodies healed. And it points them to the Lord. And man, when he turns up in power, then it's like, hey, you need Jesus. How, how about we pray together? How about you come into the kingdom? How about you have a new king? Right? It's time to arise and go get the lost. Remember what Pastor James said, arise and the shine will come. We've been talking about it for weeks and weeks. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord will be upon you. For for behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. But... The Lord will arise upon you and He will be seen his glory will be seen on you. Your responsibility is to arise and to step out. Well done, Pastor Tom, for praying for that person. I prayed for a man this week and I was like, <laughs> Don't do it like this. <laughs> I think I freaked him out a little bit, but he was it was a checkout guy, and he was, he had very sore legs, and you could tell, and he could barely walk. And I was just like, oh, open invitation right there. I'm like, what's wrong with your legs? And he's like, oh, I hurt them in the driveway. I think I really need to get x rays. And I'm just like, hold my hand. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> and he was like, and I'm like, I'll just pray for you because Jesus heals. And he got a bit freaked out. I'm like, okay, don't pray I don't hold my hands, but I'm gonna pray for you in Jesus' name, legs be healed. Grab my stuff, let me know when they're healed. I'm gonna have to go back this week to be like, How are your legs? Ah <sighs> Arise and the shine will come. Arise. It's important that we have a healthy church. I said that before. And it's important that we know how to disciple people in the truth. And what we've done in the past 18 months has been like establish, re-establish healthy community, re-establish discipleship, right? And we've worked hard at that. But there's a shift now. It's important that we don't miss it. And there's a new grace for engaging with the lost. But it's going to take your yes and your intentionality. For believers, we need to make sure that we're inhaling and exhaling. It's really important that we inhale, exhale. If all you do is inhale, what will happen? You'll suffocate. If I don't exhale, I'm going to just suffocate. And if all you do is exhale, same. I'm going to suffocate. People burn out. Christians will burn out when all they do is just exhale, 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 exhale. Also... Christians get weird when all they do is inhale, 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 right? We need a good inhale and a good exhale. Really, really important. Coming to church on a Sunday, for some people, it's an inhale. It's a... If you're on the worship team, you're exhaling and then hopefully inhaling a little bit. Hopefully it's a bit of both, right? Right? Some people will come to the gathering and serve, and it's, an, it's a way of exhaling. It's a way of loving the community. It's part of the exhale. But for, like lots of you, come in here, and it's an inhale. You're gathering together with the saints. You're being stirred up to love and good works. You're worshipping Jesus. You're, you're reminded who God is and who you are. New, it's like inhale, inhale, fire, fire, fan it, fan it, right? So then why? So you can go out into the darkness and be salt and light, right? That's why we gather. Why do you go to a church group? It's an inhale moment. It's like, let's get into the Word. Let's flesh this out. Let's make sure we know what we believe and why we believe it, right? Right? This is not just, yes, it's family, it's that, but it's discipleship and it's like, let's get solid on this because there's going to be a lost person that every single person in this room needs to take their hand and be like, follow me as I follow Christ. If we still have the same people sitting in this church without anyone else in a year's time, then we're not doing our job. We're not fulfilling the mandate. We should have, there should be someone new sitting next to you this time next year. Every single person. So inhale. How do you inhale? I inhale every single morning when my alarm goes off at silly o'clock and I make a decision to get up and spend time with Jesus. I'm responsible for my own inhale. If I don't do that, Man, I'm useless. I spend time with him in the word. I spend time with him worshipping. I spend time in prayer. I spend time asking him questions. Right? That's all inhaling for me. Right? It's really important. (sighs) Ah. We do a big inhale here so we can go out and be salt and light in the darkness and in the spheres of influence that we all have. I don't have access to the people that Tom has access to, right? Sarah doesn't have access to the people Carla has access to. We all have people connected to us that don't know God, right? It's time for us to take responsibility for those people. And you might be, Naomi, this makes me super uncomfortable. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. It's confronting to go into the darkness. But guess what? When someone's got a demon and you need to cast it out, you grow really quick. You learn. How did the disciples go? They, they hadn't been gathering for like five years. They were uneducated. They just hung with Jesus for two years and then he's like, see you later. Go change the world. They didn't have all their ducks in the row, but they learned on the job because they were empowered with the Holy Spirit. And when you don't know what to do, then you have to ask him. It's a continual conversation God, what's wrong with this person? And then you hear, and then you're like, boom, I'm going to pray for you, and I know exactly what's wrong, (laughs) because the Father told me. You grow so much when you start engaging with the lost. Hallelujah. You might be sitting there thinking, I'm not an evangelist. Please don't send me out on the streets evangelising or door knocking. I'm not going to do that. Definitely not going to do that, right? Right? I know that some people are wired that way and they're called that way and they're graced that way. Praise the Lord for those people. Okay, but what can we do if, if we're not wired that way? First, first thing, here's some practical things. There, there are other things. This is just me thinking about a few things and things that I have done. Um, pray. First one, pray. Target one person. Ask the Lord, who in my sphere of influence would you like me to pray for? And you target that person in prayer. You pray for them. You fast for them. I stand here because my mum and dad prayed for me. When when I walked away from the Lord, I know that I had praying parents. I stand here today because of them. Who will have that testimony because of you, right? Ask the Lord, who is it? Who do I pray for? And you write their name in your journal and you write them on your mirror and you write their name in your car and you go after them. Sarah's going to tattoo it on her (laughs) arm. Go after it in prayer. What are you praying? Pray that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened with the truth. Pray that the blinders on their eyes would be removed. Pray that for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to reveal Jesus to them. Pray that the Father would draw him to to himself. Pray that every evil spirit that exalts itself above the name of Jesus would be silenced and removed. Like, that's all biblical prayer right there. Pray it for them. Believe that when you're praying, you're actually seeing things shift. The other day, not the other day, weeks ago, Sharon and I, every Tuesday morning, we pray for the church community for about an hour and a half. And we just ask the Lord, Father, what are we praying for? What what needs to happen? And we just go for it, right? And we're about halfway through and I open my eyes and I don't normally, i I don't have a primary gifting of seeing in the spirit, but I saw with my natural eyes outlines of silver outlines, and they were darting everywhere. There was a lot. And I just was like, God, what is that? What am I seeing? Because I don't normally see with my physical eyes. Um, And he said, they're angels on assignment. And I said, why are they here? And he said, they're getting their assignments as you pray. Your prayers actually do something whether you see it or not. And I want to encourage you. Prayer is such a powerful, powerful tool. Who's your person? Pray for them. Be diligent about it. Don't, don't stop until they're saved. Pray, literally, pray them into the kingdom. All right, second one. Most of you have a workplace or a business or a school, or somewhere that you go on a regular basis. Ask the Lord, God, what do you want to do in this place, Lord? Who is a person of peace? And take authority over that atmosphere every time you are there. Ask the Lord for opportunities to arise and shine. As beautiful Nadine says, prayer paves paths. You pray intentionally for that space and you just watch what the Lord does. You watch the doors God opens. Pray with some faith, right? Take authority over the spiritual atmosphere, even if it's not a Christian one. You're in the room. You can do that, right? Hallelujah. We should be doing that. Give Holy Spirit something to work with. Step into it by faith. All right, third way, you all live somewhere. Prayer walk your street. Prayer walk your suburb. Go for a walk with the Lord. I've done this on occasion in my street. I'll just feel like the Lord be like, pray over your street. Declare declare that it's the Lord's. Um... Ask the Lord, who is on your heart, Lord, in my street or in my neighbourhood? And how can I love them? Love is a powerful tool. The goal of our instruction is love. You guys all love really well. When, when you meet a need of someone or love them, it usually will open their heart up to you and you might spend six months loving someone but then boom, all of a sudden they're like asking you questions. You're in their world now. Another one, take every opportunity to pray for people that you can. Just take it whether you feel God or not, take it. Just like at the shops, I told you, take it. I feel a boldness, I really do, I feel a boldness. If someone needs something, just be like, can I pray for you? Because my God's real. And don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen the first time or the second time or the tenth time because you know what? All hell breaks loose when someone realises that Jesus lives in them and that they have all authority on heaven and on earth to do the same things that Jesus did and even greater. All hell breaks loose because they're like, red alert, someone knows who they are. And so don't Don't be surprised if there's resistance. Just keep going. I love Todd White's testimony. Prayed for hundreds of people before he saw anything. He didn't give up. He's like, I'm going to keep going because I know what the Word says. And I'm not going to let my experience dictate what the truth is. And I'm going to go after it. And I'm going to go after it. And I'm going to go after it. And you don't have to worry that you're all alone because there's a group of people who are doing the same thing. I can't wait till we've got 50 testimonies on a Sunday. I'm like, we'll just have to have a testimony Sunday because God's doing so much. Don't need to hear from me. Let's just hear what the, Lord, what the Lord's doing. Let's be jacked up. Come on. I'm going to do it. Every time there's an opportunity, I'm not going to hesitate. I'm just going to pray. Will you join me? They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Come on. These signs will follow those who believe. Another practical way, join the youth team. Join the youth team. A large percentage of the youth that come are not saved and they're bringing their friends. Why? Because they feel safe, because it's fun and because they like experience, they actually experience the presence of God, half of them haven't made a decision to follow Jesus yet, they will, I know they will and they're inviting their friends and there's momentum there, it's like go there, it's a good exhale, right? Great place to exhale. Also be ready, second half of this year We'll do outreach as a family. I don't know what it looks like yet. I'm going to ask the Lord. But it's like, if you're like, oh, we're going to, I don't know what it's going to look like. But if that scares you, you can be on the sausage sizzle cooking team. You can cook the sausages and help give out meals while more bold people go and pray for people. Like we'll do it as a family. We won't, do you know what I mean? So if you've got a great idea too, come, let's chat. Let's dream and scheme because it's time. It's time to reach the lost. For all of these things and all of the other things that you could be doing, the most important thing is that you do it in relationship with the Lord, right? So you're asking him, God, what's going to be fruitful? Who's got an open heart? Who have you got your finger on? What are you already doing? How can I partner with what you're already doing? It's all in relationship with him. Hallelujah. Arise, step out, partner with the heart of God for the lost. For those of you who are sitting there thinking, I can't do any of that. I'm just barely keeping my life together. I'm on Struggle Street. Like, I hear you and I'm like, don't leave feeling condemned. I don't want anyone being like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not at that place and I'm not equal with everyone and I don't fit now because they're all going to be going after the loss. It's like, no, be a powerful person, nestle into a church group, make some powerful decisions because the Lord wants you strong and healthy. So it's like, nestle into the family, and we'll encourage you and cheer you on and strengthen you and pray for you. And, and eventually you'll be there, right? Your answer, your application to this message is I'm going to abide in the vine. John 15, right? Easy. Abide in the vine and you will bear much fruit. It's a promise. So if you need to abide, that's okay. Don't leave feeling condemned. It's like right, I need to abide in the vine and I need to make some good decisions so that I can be to a place where I can reach the lost eventually. Hallelujah. Should we pray? I feel like we'll pray and then we'll jump into communion groups and take communion together before we go, if that's okay. All right. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hmm. We thank you, Lord, that there's a shift in seasons. There's a shift in, in focus, Father. And we thank you, Lord, for your heart for the lost. And we just pray right now that we would receive your heart for the lost. Hmm. May all of us, See them with your eyes, Father, and care about them with the same degree that you care about them. And I pray for every single one of us that we would receive power from on high to be your witnesses in the world. And I pray that we would all be salt and light in our workplaces, in our homes, in our streets, in our city, Father, in our businesses. As we go about our days, Father, we pray for open doors to be light and love, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those who are lost. And we ask that you'd bring in a harvest of souls, Father. We thank you, Lord, that that's your heart. You want your lost sons and daughters. And we say yes. We say that we will partner with what you're doing and we will reach them, Father so we ask that you'd help us and we ask for your power. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We just receive it (laughs) by faith, Lord. We receive the power of God to win the lost. In Jesus' name, all the saints,